it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everyone, back to the broadcast. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network, and I am joined on this beautiful Wednesday morning by Tracy Pearson. Tracy, how are you? I'm good, Dave. How are you? It's right. Wednesday. Wow, we're doing this early. We are. We're, we're just knocking it out. We're cranking one out. There might be some things that happen in the next two days. Can you go be. back and edit it? <laughs> I won't. No, no. We're just going to... We're going to... We're going to stare at the end of the week and just, we're going to hope for the best, you know? Speaking of staring, I'm looking at our two faces doing our uh, our three-pointer thing. God, we're good looking. God, <laughs> it just handsome men. Handsome men. Wow. Yeah. No, that's actually what we should, we should call it. Hans, two handsome men. Yeah, just handsome men. That's it. I mean, aren't you guys, don't you just feel blessed that you get to look at us now? Yeah, yeah. No, and constantly on a loop in the right-hand rail of the message board. <laughs> I know everyone loves that. And they're going to sleep. They're they've they've got us looping on their right hand rail while they're sleeping. Very looping, sad. Looping on a right hand rail, the bro story. That's that's <laughs> the that's the name. Um, I've come up with a lot of titles for my books over the year, the years, Dave. That, you know, that, might, not, to, that might not be it though. We yeah, need to what? pull some excerpts from the Adem Bona thing, and then have Adem's beautiful visage. Uh, visage. Yes, yes. Uh, as many as we can put up there to displace our faces. Yeah, yeah. Hey, guys, I, I got some complaints like, hey, Tracy, what year are you in with those headphones? Guys, when you get a really good microphone, you got to use the headphones. It's just not, you know, like the little AirPods, like my friend. Oh, Dave doesn't even use AirPods, do you, Dave? I'm looking at you right now. You just use the old, you're really old-fashioned. I'm not buying AirPods. Are you out of your mind? I'm out of my mind. I'm not I'm out doing of my that. Mind. No, no. Who and, would do this job? I'm the, out of my the mind. The people critiquing you for the headphones, I'm guessing they themselves are old heads because that's actually the look. You know, the that people wearing the their Beats by Dre and all that kind of stuff. You that's know? me. Yeah. That's me. That's These you. are Beats. These are $400 Beats I got on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we got a lot to talk about today. A lot. A we lot do. to talk about. We're okay, gonna talk- I got I to say one thing I, I just want to say. That was a great interview with... A damn bonus. You you were magical. I'm a I'm a magical person. I um I uh, and so is a dem. <laughs> mostly a dem. A dem. Yeah. He's a he's a he's a very happy smiley guy. Yeah yeah, love him. Um, but yeah, so uh, a dem was pretty fun to talk to. Um, he was in Turkey. Um, and uh, you know he uh, so here was my kind of takeaway from the thing reading between the lines, which I don't think were actually that. I don't think it was that obscure. I think the text was like somewhat visible between those lines. Uh, I gotta think that guy's coming back. Um, yeah, let's let's just do a little uh, detective work. 
Um, first off, what what he said was he wasn't sure, but he was leaning one way, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he's leaning one way. Right now, he won't be able to get in the NBA combine. So if he were leaning towards the NBA, that would really not be a great choice at, at this moment. Right. So you'd have to think that was he was implying he was leaning towards staying. Then he did, didn't he make some reference to, well, we'll all be back and healthy in time for, for preseason, pra- preseason practice. Yeah. 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 So uh, this was also an interview facilitated by, by the men of Westwood and IO Collective. Um, just, you know, I mean, if you're looking for data points. Hey, you can't laugh through that. You need to say it just so it's clear. Facilitated by the men of Westwood and IO Collective. Well, the men of Westwood need to tape that as they're facilitated by the men of Westwood. This was facilitated by the men of Westwood and IL Collective. Um, so, yeah, you could draw that conclusion, I think, fairly safely, I would yeah. say. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's always there's always an off chance that something happens. Some NBA team offers him guaranteed first round. But, see, this is what we go on. We say these kind of things, and then let's say he gets drafted in the first round, and people said, oh, Tracy and Dave were wrong. We're going on percentages, and this one is probably, what, 90%? So there is a 10% chance we're wrong. Yeah, but here's, wrong. here's the right. thing, Tracy. You because get, we don't know the future, which is Tracy, so shocking for you everyone. Get, to, so you've been doing this a long time, but I think you get <gasps> a little bit... <gasps> what am I going to say? What am I going to say here? Maybe, Roy Kentish? No, a little bit uh, <clears throat> a, a little bit sensitive to the slings and arrows of the uh, contentious few. You would think, after all these years... You know, it probably rolls off a little bit better, but just it's it's it builds up. After I get a while. it. I yeah. get it. But like, I had a guy respond to the Adem Bona interview with "This is creepy" uh, to my my interview, and I'm like, "Yeah, okay, that's kind of funny. What could possibly be creepy about that interview? What uh, was creepy about it? I don't know. I, I I would love to get a deep dive on that. Um, so I clarification, joke- please." So I made some joke like, uh, well, um, you know, ask him about his inseam is a completely legitimate icebreaker. I don't know what your problem is. Okay, um, that's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, if you're going to be called something like that, you got to lean into it. But, you know, you just let that okay. roll off. Um, yeah. Because there's always going to be people who uh, they just uh, their, their sense of the world is just a little bit uh, different. And See, and you're different. You'll roll and off, roll it off, roll it off. And then one thing will just make you crack. Oh, no. And <laughs> and when I crack, I go ballistic. Yeah. 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 No, it's yeah. It's I need to talk you down on those moments. But yeah. they are very, they were very infrequent. Yeah. And they're very specific. Um, they're, they're about murder. I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, they are. Hey, Tracy, I get this really, you know. This completely bizarre author. I am going to kill him. Dave, that's all I get. I don't even know what he's talking about. Very cryptic. <laughs> um, but speaking of fluidity, Tracy. I didn't say that word. Speaking of things that are uh, somewhere between a gaseous and solid state. Changeable. Malleable. Malleable. Um, you know, ephemeral. No? Not? Mm, mm. 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 Gaseous, uh, gaseous. <laughs> uh, the uh, you you posted a little something on the message board today. I did. On I our, did on our beautiful basketball message board, which we're rebranding as the beautiful basketball message board. And you know what? I, I want to get the exact wording of what I said, so I, I don't screw it up. What did I say? Um, there, there could be some movement in UCLA basketball personnel soon. 
There could be some news concerning international prospects, like commitments. I'm a good actor, though. I'm acting these lines. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with the transfer portal closing, which is May 11th uh, tomorrow, and I think it closed. It, it closes at midnight, probably East Coast time. Uh, there could also be some movement on that front. A lot of movement. A lot of potential movement. Um. So yeah, something could be happening. A lot of Newton's laws at work. We have on. said that you know we've talked about a Daimara. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we know Elan Fiblu, Fiblu, and then we uh, I've said it on the forum. There are two more international prospects that UCLA is pursuing. Whether they get them or not, you know. Uh, <laughs> um, I say there's a good chance. I'm being I, I'm I'm hearing there's a good chance. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Don't now that doesn't mean I know the future. Do you have um, any fluid in your ears? <laughs> I just made an appointment actually. Uh, so there's that. Uh, the second part of this, I mean, I think everyone can do the math. Right? Dave, can you do the math? Um, are we talking addition, multivariable calculus? What are we saying here? Yeah, it's basic addic- uh, addition and subtraction. Right? Yeah. I mean, count up, count up how many people are on the roster. And I'm implying that there could be, I mean, Fablu, Mara, and possibly two more. So do the math. You got to drop some. Got got to drop a guy. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to drop a guy. Uh, someone <laughs> might go in the transfer portal. I didn't want to say that. You made me say that because you misspoke. I didn't misspeak. So, I said exactly yeah. what I intended. Oh, gosh. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> there could be some- <laughs> I try not to get in trouble. And you get me in trouble. There could be some movement. Wow, 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 wow. Okay, let's stop. Let's stop that down. Let's go retape that. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so, uh, and it could be soon. I mean, the transfer portal ends. It, well, why is it end at midnight? On the East Coast, is that we always talk about East Coast biased? Is that basic East Coast bias that they get until midnight their time, but it cuts off at nine o'clock? Yeah, West I mean it's Coast like our, it's like when we run a, a promotion on Bro, you know, that always cuts off at like eight fifty nine. Well, you know, those Bro promotions just you know start at when they do start, they start at nine o'clock. Yeah, the night before. Yeah, it's East Coast time. So East Coast, but midnight. but I'm telling you, I don't think that's the way it works with like deadlines for transfer portals. Mm. I don't think it starts at 9 p.m. West Coast time when it starts that day. I think it starts at 12.01 Pacific time. So Mm. anyone in the, I think, on the West Coast is getting cheated at three hours of transfer portal. That's that's some crap. We should take it up with, um, (laughs) you know. Among all the things to take up. Uh, I should write an email just about that. <laughs> um, so yeah, very interesting times. I love all the um, stories out there that are like handicapping the Pac-12, saying what, or just doing rankings in college basketball right now. I, I mean, people still the the you know are are out there doing it, and the rosters are not are not set yet so 
No, um, and so uh, I think what Tracy's referring to here, which I will take up now as my cause, is USC basketball. Um, USC uh, has assembled um, uh, what looks like a pretty good roster, honestly. They've got... On uh, paper. Isaiah yeah. Collier coming in. Uh, they got Boogie Ellis coming back, and Boogie Ellis in the back half of this past season was actually very good. Um, yes. And now they have uh, DJ Rodman coming in in the transfer portal. Um, they've got they have an assemblage of uh, of talented players. Lost uh, Trey White. Lost Trey lost, White. Lost RDW. Reese, yeah. Reese um, Six and Waters. Lost Drew Peterson, which may be addition by subtraction, uh, given how he played this last year. But still, it's a loss. Um, but and this is the point that I think uh, needs to be made very clearly is uh, Andy Enfield is still, as far as I know, USC's head basketball coach. Is that correct? Last I checked. Okay. They're also, on top of it, oh, just before you get there, they're still possibly, well, okay, talk about Andy Enfield, then we'll go back to personnel. Oh, okay. Well, Andy Enfield is not quite a UCLA Steve-esque charlatan, but he's not a real basketball coach. So I think what you can expect from USC this year, the same way you can expect it from uh, basically every USC team under Enfield, is that they'll have a lot of talent, they'll play well in a lot of games, and they're going to finish third or fourth in the Pac-12. Because that is what they do there. They'll play UCLA really well. Oh, um, no, they may, they may sweep UCLA. <laughs> let's not let's not get it twisted at but all. But UCLA will finish higher in the Pac-12. They will lose to Stanford on the road also. Like, Did th- you mention Bronny James? No, didn't. But yeah, they, they, they also got a commitment from Bronny James. Um, and guys, everyone out there, can we just put this to bed finally? My gosh. This is, this is the biggest, this is one of the biggest sellouts. And, and I'm not one to really go out and criticize Andy Enfield. I, I'm not as down on him as Dave is. Um, but... Knowing what I know about everything that went on in the recruitment and how, and knowing what most of the coaches across the country who opted not to take him or recruit him, um, guys, I, I mean, I can't detail out every last aspect of this, but you have to feel that it was a good move not to take Bronny James. Um, Clutch Sports. Uh, which will which represents him um, is also tr- uh, actually personnel wise are actually trying to bring in Aaron Bradshaw. I mean that's basically LeBron James trying to bring in Aaron Bradshaw, uh, top ten national. I think he's committed to Kentucky currently, um, trying to bring him in also. Uh, that's a lot of talent, a lot of personnel, but it is it is selling out because. I mean, LeBron James is one of the most powerful people in all sports. If not, you could make an argument the most powerful person in basketball. Um, he he will have a big influence on that program next year. Uh, yeah, there's going to be there are going to be a lot of media that are going to be focusing their cameras on USC basketball. No question. But to get that. All that attention, there's a massive trade-off. Well, let's... I I mean, just one thing I know to recruit him, Bronny James, you you really, you you didn't speak to him. 
you had you had to talk to an assistant like a a guy who was a pseudo agent i think but i i know he was like an assistant in lebron james's little company you had to you had to go through this person to speak to Bronny, uh, the coaching staff at USC didn't know him very well. Um, if they spoke to him at all, I mean, just just start thinking about it. What he decides he doesn't want to play they, just because they want to preserve his NBA chances, doesn't show up to practice. How do you get a hold of him? I mean, and then playing time. You say this one, Dave, because I might. No, no. So this, someone might come out after me. The, this, this is, is why I haven't been saying this for so long, trying to impart this to you, because there are powerful people at work, and I don't want I don't want to have threats happen toward me. So this here. is actually the insane part that uh, I think there's like a good chance USC's roster completely blows up this year. They have Isaiah Collier, Boogie Ellis, and Bronny James. All of them are six two or six three. Uh, are you starting all three of them? They could. They, okay. absolutely, they okay. absolutely could. There okay. are college basketball teams that have, H- and hang on, I would hang bet on, that hang our on, brand hang feels on. forced to do that. Okay, go ahead. They also have Kobe Johnson, who was probably their actual best player last year. He's on the bench. He's going to the bench. <laughs> They've got Vince Uwuchukwu, who's going to start at the five. They also just brought in DJ Rodman. He's also going to come in off the bench, right? Yeah, DJ Rodman is kind of a 3-4, okay. right? Yeah. But you brought in all of these guys. How are DJ Rodman and Kobe Johnson going to feel? And Kobe Johnson being a guy who's now in his third year at USC, um, you know, how are they all going to feel about suddenly having lesser roles if Bronny starts? And if Bronny isn't, say, that good from the jump and he's behind Collier and Ellis and they're trying to run lineups that are a little bit better, how's that going to work? No, see, this is the thing. This isn't the way it works. They, no one cares about Johnson or Rodman or what they're feeling. No, 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 but it doesn't matter no, 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 what outside what I, people, the culture of the team. Uh, yeah, that. I, I mean, the culture, the main element, the aspect of the culture that's going to sap the culture is when there's an assistant insistence that Bronny James plays 30 minutes a game. That, that's the thing. Um, that's where it's all going to... Tra- no, but I we're mean, saying the same thing because Kobe Johnson going to the bench is because Bronny James needs to play 30 minutes a game. Right. I mean, that's... It, it, no one... It, right. Okay, well, we're basically saying the same thing. I'm saying, but thinking about Johnson's feelings, phew, I, I mean, it's got, where the feelings are going to be is going to be Isaiah Collier. <laughs> um, Isaiah Collier is presumed to be a top five pick He's got a lot of people behind him. I mean, that is where it could really blow up. I mean, and it's just not the culture. It's it's what could happen publicly. I mean, I see, I think my distinction is you're talking about the chemistry on the team and what could happen. I'm just talking about what could blow up publicly here. So it's, I didn't want to talk about it anymore because I'm I'm going to get, I'm going to get threats. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how that all works out. If there was ever a moment for that Stephen Colbert <laughs> gif where he's sitting back and eating popcorn, this is it. Um, It'll be a lot of fun. I mean, maybe they navigate through it. Maybe, maybe LeBron James 
can show, uh, you know, enough foresight and let his son, uh, you know, be um, whatever happens through the coaching. I, I just don't think uh, Anfield is taking Bronny James to then sit. There's no way I think he knows he can sit him on. He can sit him. So, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be a disaster nightmare um, because and even all, Boogie Ellis, right? I mean, all three of those dudes are going to want to play thirty minutes a game with the ball in their hands. All three are going. I'm. I'll I'll bet right now. All three are starting and getting the majority. Yes, there is of one, the one two, three minutes. There is one basketball, and all three of those guys want to be ball dominant. Yeah. Fun yeah. times. Fun yeah. times over at the Galen Center. Yeah. So, uh, but UCLA basketball <laughs> recruiting. Um, so yeah, we'll 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 see on the Euros. But yeah, to, or <clears throat> the international players. Um, but uh, I guess the uh, Tracy's main point from the jump there is uh, valid, which is the rosters aren't set yet, and UCLA is always going to be. Um, you know, to a large extent, the straw that stirs the drink as far as evaluating the Pac-12 goes. And until that roster is put to bed, you really can't make any assessments about what the Pac-12 is going to look like. And I wanted to touch on one thing because people asked on the forum, and I'll just put it in another kind of tactful way. Asking if there was a thread about UCLA academics holding up this process. Um, Right now, it looks looks very optimistic. Um, I would say the UCLA academics didn't hold it up as much as uh, made it a process, which they do. They didn't go out of their way to make it worse. Um, But as of right now, at this moment, and if it changes, obviously I'll be the first to tell you, but um, as of right now, I'd say Mick Cronin is doing uh, a deft, job of navigating through UCLA right now. Um, And maybe at a later time, I can elaborate on that and give credit to UCLA academics too. So at this point, it looks like it's working out. Okay. Yeah. That's great. But it's never, it's never an easy thing for UCLA, you know, for academics. It's never like you turn around and snap, you know, you know, it happens academically. It's always a process. Always a process at UCLA, baby. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Speaking of the process, Tracy. <laughs> you want to talk about Chip Kelly? I want to talk about spring practice. <laughs> uh, so we've gone kind of nitty gritty with a lot of stuff at spring ball. Um, but now that it's over, we kind of want to talk about like maybe the broader takeaways. You know, what are the areas of like concern for us? But also, I mean, how good do we think this team is? How good could it be? All that kind of stuff. Um, and I guess well, where I'd like to start is on the defense because I think we can, we'll have a fun conversation about the offense, but defensively, um, 
how so last year uh ucla i would say just to set the stage had maybe the worst defense of the chip kelly era but it was very close um at worst at best um it wasn't a, a real improvement um from what it had been under jerry Azanero. uh continued to have so, sort of the same systemic issues um you know, from the beginning of the year, it looked like they might have a pass rush. By the end of the year, it was clear they didn't. Um, there were just a lot of the same sort of problems that we've seen basically every year of the Chip Kelly era. How confident are you, based on what you've seen in April, that it's going to be significantly different and or better? Um, you go first. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I will say it is going to be, based on what I saw, marginally better. I don't think it's – I think expecting leaps and bounds improvement when uh, when most of the personnel is roughly the same or completely replaced with mostly guys who are already in the program. Um, I, I have questions about the overall talent at cornerback. Um, I have questions about the overall depth at defensive tackle. And with those two things, I think even an improvement in – acumen in scheme in linebacker play which i do think will be better i think there's limitations on how much you can actually expect i don't think you know we've talked in the past when there's a new coach that comes in and you take over the new the old players you can sometimes see a big big jump up in in uh ability but that's usually when there's a new head coach and a completely new philosophy and you're taking guys and putting them in new positions and you know kind of thinking outside the box because you're not uh, beholden to the box that was before you. Um, but now I, I, I didn't really see first any of that this spring, you know, some marginal position changes, you know, Alex Johnson, now the nickel, uh, Kenny Churchwell playing deep safety, but nothing significant. And so on top of all that, I just think, you know, it's, there, there's not going to be some revolution in performance. I think they might stabilize as a top 60, defense maybe um but I, I have a hard time seeing them jump up significantly in performance what were they last year top 85 it depends on your metric but yeah top top 100 um i take away from what you just said is you're you're um skeptically optimistic yeah i i want to leave room for optimism here because i did like some things like I did like the general things I saw out of the linebackers. I really liked Femi Oladejo. Uh, I thought Darius Musau looked a little bit quicker, um, a little bit, you know, quicker on his recognition, even beyond just his foot speed. Um, the question marks are defensive line because we saw this all last spring, uh, just disrupting, 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 and then it really didn't play out that way. Um, you know, Leatu Latu turned out to be a disruptor, but the Murphys were not. Carl Jones really didn't do a whole lot. And so, okay, we can't really gauge too much on the practice performance there. Um, and defensive tackle, I mean, we talked about this all throughout the spring, but, I mean, you got Jay Toia and then Gary Smith, who's hurt and has been hurt for most of his UCLA career. Keanu Williams, who's, yeah, he looked okay in practice, but he's an unknown. So that's a question mark. Um, so, you know, taking all of that... Um, it's just it, it, it it's hard to put too much on it but linebacker play can go a long way and that's probably my major reason for optimism or my reason for leaning a little bit more towards what you call it skeptically optimistic is that i do think the linebacker play is going to be improved 
So um, I might just be suffering from BBS. Uh, I think spring practice, especially under Chip Kelly, because there are no live periods. We we actually never really see them play football. No. We don't. I mean, you have no idea if the offensive line can, can pass protect. You, you really don't. Um, uh, you don't know if they can create holes in the running game. It's, it's hard to really, really determine. Um, you don't know if the defense, you know, can make tackles. <laughs> there's just there's so many things we and and here this is the funny thing too so few one-on-one it's just not going live in team periods so few one-on-one periods i mean remember when they they did the wide receiver db one-on-ones in that last practice you and i were almost giddy we're all wait no that can't be that they're not really doing that yeah yeah how many times do we see that you don't see it's it a whole spring. lot because that was the thing with with the Jim Mora era. Um, and yeah, okay, you can have your critiques of right. you know whatever, but those Jim Mora practices, we saw receiver DB one on ones every single practice. Um, yeah. And it, it it I think it those so those periods do get a little rambunctious, um, and you do get some like crap talking. And I would say like the healthy percentage of times that there were fights during practice, it was during those periods, but. Uh, they were a lot of fun, and I think it helps to kind of keep everyone engaged and interested, not just spectators, but the players, you know? That's much more than, like, a half-speed walkthrough or, um, you know, half-skelly where you're just kind of standing there half the time. Uh, I think it gets the competitive juices flowing, especially for, um, you know, the corners and the receivers. Right. I think you need competitive juices flowing to really be able to evaluate. Um, yeah. I don't – I've learned my lesson. And especially under Chip Kelly, it first off, generally, it's been hard to take anything from spring practice, even pre Chip Kelly. It's harder now. It um, the overview first is the defense is always more advanced than the offense uh, for a few reasons. Um, the de- installing the offense is always a little bit tougher, even if if it's your known playbook, and the defense knows what you're doing. Uh, I mean, so the defense is always going to dominate in spring practice. So. Uh, your perception is tweaked right there. Uh, without ever going live, like I said, another, uh, you know, it's you just can't take that much from it. Um, it's vanilla. <clears throat> Most of it is really vanilla. Um, so as a team to say, to to draw a conclusion on how good this defense could, could be, it's dependent mostly, as we've said before, it's going to be dependent on if the scheme um, and the execution of the scheme has has dramatically improved. Because I don't think the personnel has improved that much. Um, yeah, okay, you add a little bit better linebacker play. Let's say every you give everyone, everyone gets a little bit better because they're a year older, let's say. But your DBs have, have lost two major, probably their two best players. And now you need to find, you have a question mark of replacing them. Um, everything else, linebackers might be, like I said, might be a little bit better. The defensive line, just through player development and improvement, year older. I don't see the player, like the personnel being that much better. So th- th- those are the two things that the defense improving are dependent on. Whether the scheme and the execution of the scheme has gotten better and whether the players are better. So 
you can't determine a about the scheme eh, and the players maybe about the same all all kind of evens out um so i don't necessarily see the defense getting that much better now maybe danton lynn is a genius and maybe there's really good dynamic and chemistry between him and Ken Norton and Brian Norwood in conceiving of a defense. Um, I I don't I we it's just so big of an unknown. It's not only an unknown that you have a new DC. You've got a guy who's never been a defensive coordinator before, and he's thirty one. How old is he? Uh, thirty one. Three. 33. Okay. He's older than I thought. Um, I don't know. Just too many unknowns to draw too many conclusions on the defense. I think it's, it's really difficult to, to do it, especially given all the unknowns at this point. Would you say that was fair? <sighs> I'd say Tracy is wanting to pee in everyone's Cheerios this morning. <laughs> uh, but you know, of course it's fair. Um, we, we we've said this a lot. You can't you can't judge scheme in practice. Um, limited. You can do basically personnel evaluations, and if they're contextual personnel evaluations, because you can do the thing where you're like, oh, that guy's pretty fast, or that guy is you know he's got a good body. But contextual evaluations where you're depending on okay, well, what's the offense trying to do, and is what the defense is trying to do is that effective against this type of offense? Is that player just playing well because they're matched up against this offensive player, or are they actually good? All of that stuff is, um, I mean, it's a human centipede. Like it's just, hmm. I mean, you have no idea uh, how many years have we said this in spring the offensive line looks bad, but man, those defensive ends, and it's like, well, yeah, maybe. But also maybe not. And the thing is, you even have confirmation bias once you start the season. Because if you remember back to the first three games of last year, it looked like everything we said about uh, about the pass rush was coming to fruition. But then all it took was the Pac-12 uh, doing what the Pac-12 does, which is... Scout the rest of the Pac-12. Effectively scouting the defense. And then suddenly... The Murphy twins were not getting open lanes to the quarterback. Leatu Latu had a lot harder time. He was getting doubled more frequently. He was getting chipped. All the different stuff. And it's just, you have to take all the practice stuff with a grain of salt. Um, so. Uh, but but overall, I know I'm, like you said, I'm peeing in the cornflakes. The Cheerios? Cheerios. Cheerios. Cornflakes. Cheerios. Okay. Um, it's a better visual because peeing on cornflakes, but peeing in Cheerios, it's like you're kind of aiming for the hole. Okay. With me? Um, <laughs> Anyone? Anyone? Is this mic on? Oh, okay. Um, someone needs to find a gif of that. Uh, <laughs> but I, there's there's um, there's a method here to the madness. Um, because now let's we're taking the view from forty thousand feet. Uh, last year they went nine and three. They they were really a couple of plays away at least. Uh, to, uh, well, they went nine and four. They were a couple of plays away from from ten and three. I mean, if you just take the bowl game, right? Yeah. Then the Arizona game. I, I mean, with that bad defense, they were potential. They were close to a ten win team, and I know the schedule was a bit cakey, cup cakey, but cup-cakey. um. 
This one, this, uh, this is really what makes a difference. If you, you can just rationally project that a team is going to win all three of its non-conference games. Because that's kind of a, that's a, a real pivot game. One more loss. If you go two and one, you go three and zero. I'd have to predict UCLA's, uh, yeah, Coastal Carolina might be tough at San Diego State, but right now you'd say UCLA, you, pro- you project them to win. So, and North Carolina Central, that's three and zero. That really boosts, that gets, that's like, that gets you to nine and three. Um, the rest of the schedule just isn't that tough because there are teams that are, you could say, are in transition between Stanford, Arizona, and don't tell me, well, they lost theirs. Yeah, they're still not going to be great. I'm, I mean, you said it would still be favored. Colorado, Arizona State, you'd have to say, is in transition. Cal is in transition. I mean, there are a lot of wins on this schedule. Uh, really? Washington State. I mean, there is, there are Utah, USC, and Oregon State. And so overall, there are only three games where you would say UCLA might not be favored to win for next. That's, that's really highly unusual. So I think the offense will be good enough from what I saw in spring. And it's based on probably just player evaluation, not on the offense, but we do know the offense. There is a precedent here for the offense being pretty good under Chip Kelly. Yeah. Uh, and like what I'm taking from spring practice is player evaluation. Uh, I saw enough from, from the guys. Um, I'm, I'm confident TJ Harden's going to be a very good tailback. Um, I think they'll get enough solid play out of the quarterback spot. Uh, once I saw Spencer Holstage and uh, Garrett DiGiorgio plugged back into the starting offensive line with Jake Wiley coming, with uh, Kunta coming as a left tackle, um, I'm confident the offensive line is going to be good based on just player evaluation. Um, and then you've got Jay Michael Sturdivant, who might be the best offensive player that that I've watched in spring, just player evaluation-wise. God, I can't even remember. I, I, I mean, I, I, you know, Zach Charbonnet, when we saw him that first spring, we're all, dang. But... He's better. <laughs> yeah. No, it's freaky. So, I, I, I mean, that that's a difference maker. That changes, I think, Sturdivant and the entire wide receiver group will make up for maybe Harden isn't as good as Charbonnet. Maybe whatever quarterbacks there isn't as good, as productive as um, DTR was. But I'm, I'm confident in the offense based on its history and based on player evaluation. Yeah, I'm can, right around. So what I'm saying, I'll cap this off. I, I, I the expectation for me is nine and three again. Yeah, it's 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 close. Um, I think there's you know, at San Diego State is going to be that could be a weird one. Uh, it's the second game of the year. Oh, uh, it's weird. But yeah. right now, Dave, would you say they're going to win? I mean, they should be favored. But yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's enough in here that you could. You know, you can see a scenario where UCLA loses five games. Um, but, yeah, I mean, on balance, it should be another 
minimum eight and four, nine and three type year. Um, and going back to that offense and Sturdivant, um, I mean, I, I think the complexion of the offense is probably going to have to change a little bit. I think if they try to force feed tight ends this year, that'll be a real misstep. Um, but I don't think force feeding as a rule is a bad idea. I just think you need to force feed literally any time J. Michael Sturdivant has a one-on-one. Um, like the the quarterback competition should come down to which of you guys is most willing to throw a one-on-one to Sturdivant downfield? Because that's the guy who needs to win the starting job. Um, you know, <laughs> which one of you is not going to check it down to Logan Loya, but instead you're going to take a chance and throw it downfield to Sturdivant? Um, that's, that, that's really, that's, that's the name of the game because he's only going to be here one year. Um, you got to take advantage when you have a guy like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, to your point, I think the offense, um, it's going to be good enough. I mean, I, I, I'd be shocked if it wasn't a top 10, top 15 offense again. Uh, and that'll be good enough with this schedule. I mean, NC central coastal at home. I mean, I know people talk up coastal Carolina, but come on coastal at home. San Diego State on the road. I mean, it wasn't too long ago where wasn't there some insane streak where San Diego State was like winless against UCLA for like, I don't know, yes. 50 years. Yes. Um, Utah on the road, that'll be tough. Washington's- it's not like that's a grueling road game. No. Going no. to San Diego State. You're not going across time. <laughs> yeah, it's same, you know. They should be. You're in San Diego. They should Is be there a nicer mini- place to be weather wise on yeah. Earth? And look. At Utah, Utah is the most solid program in the Pac-12, and I'm not taking anything away from them. Cam Rising suffered a major injury at the end of last year. I don't even know if he's going to be back by that game. Um, yeah, it was ACL, and it was in January, yeah, right? Yeah, so he could be either limited or not playing in that game, and their quarterback depth chart is not great. So I'm not saying they're going to beat Utah at Utah, but I'm, I'm I am saying it's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, I mean, an ACL. I mean, let's rising is a is a key linchpin here. Um, if he eight nine months is usually ACL, that would yeah. be September, and you're not a hundred. That's when you're actually able to start working again. Yeah, and then you got Wazoo at home. That should be a win. You've got Oregon State on the road. Uh, that's that's a tough one. Stanford on the road. Uh, there is absolutely no universe where Stanford should be a better than like a two win team this year. Um, it's this shapes up for a year where if UCLA is actually say that defense is actually improved. I mean, nine and three is like, yeah, absolutely. They should do nine and three. Yeah. This, this is, this is what I think uh, UCLA fans are due for. If you want some, if you want some optimism, Every once in a while, a program, football or basketball, things come together, right? Uh, guys are better than you thought. They put in work during the offseason. They get better during the season. Uh, uh, coordinators better than might have been expected. Just things come together. There are those, there's those seasons that are a little bit magical, right? UCLA's Final Four run a couple of years ago. Um and last year, if they hadn't gotten hurt. Uh, <laughs> but there are times, uh, UCLA's kind of do. When's the last season? 1995? <laughs> yeah. When things kind of just, not only did things come together as a result of good work and process, 
But, uh, you know, the ball bounced their way a few times. Yeah. Too. Uh, I could see that. I could maybe see that, uh, you know, while I'm talking about luck, there sometimes there's situations that the luck is made. I could see that maybe happening uh, because Chip Kelly, to his credit, has put together a good program, a, a program built on... I mean, what you hear from those recruits when they come off of their their official visits, I know they rave about other places too, but it's very specific what they say about why they were impressed about UCLA. Um, it's just not the culture. It's the practice style. It's Chip Kelly's uh, attention to detail, his actual coaching acumen. I mean... The program is doing all the right things, and I will absolutely admit there are programs that can do all the right things and never have that uh, that kind of magical year. But I could see it eventually happening for a Chip Kelly program. Um, so it almost happened last year. It almost did. It, it really did. Um, a few, I, I mean, and I'm not even talking like supersonic magic here like 11 and 1 or 12 and 0 but just seriously a, a few ball bounces in i mean they played a pretty bad Arizona game and then and then pit uh, the uh, bowl game against Pittsburgh I, I mean they were close to an 11 win season with a bad there's no other way to say it with a bad defense mm mm-hmm. mhm so I don't think there's that much that has to get put together. You don't need that much magic, I think, for them actually to get to 10 or 11 wins. I think that the the building blocks are there. And give Chip Kelly credit for, for you know putting in those building blocks. There are plenty of programs where I would have said, oh, no, there's too much underbelly. There's too much crap going on you know, in this program for you to think, you know, you do all these little elements right and things come together. There are so many other programs in the history. I never would have said there's a chance for that. Right. You have, you have successfully, I believe dried off the Cheerios. Thank you. You have added some perfumed scent to uh, the area above them. So uh, they should be, you know, I won't say palatable. I don't think you should eat them. And I had asparagus the night before. I know. Uh, but uh, certainly a better situation now. Uh, yeah, see? So you just got to hang in with me, and I'll get you there. <laughs> Don't say it. I won't. I won't. That's what she, uh, that's what she said. Uh, all right. And then uh, UCLA also hosted a ton of visitors uh, this past weekend for football. I'm telling you, here's another thing. This month... <laughs> I think Chip Kelly legitimately, when I asked him the question, like, what's it like now, you know, hosting official visitors in May? I think he legitimately, there wasn't a disgruntlement. Like, usually, a lot of coaches had to get used to it. They'd say, damn, that's, you know, that's when we usually take our vacation. Um, I think he, he really did appreciate it, but it took him a while to be able to get there. And UCLA is going to have one, two, three, four. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen official visitors that we know of. That we currently know of. And uh, you can throw in, you can throw in two 
were they in May? The two transfer? Yes. What, what, Jake? No, no, so, they were, uh, they were right April. at the end of April. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so dang busy recruiting month. Um, last, last weekend, seven, eight, eight. Um, this weekend, five, oh, six. Um, and some big names too. I mean, actual four star guys. Yeah. Dylan Williams, linebacker from Long Beach Poly. Uh, yeah, we know he decommitted from USC. You might think that they didn't. Uh, go watch his huddle. Uh, there are times, you know, I talk to Brandon a lot. You watch his huddle, yeah, what'd you think? Uh, he's got a chance. Got a chance. Then there are other guys, nope. No, it's slappy. No. And then very infrequently the last few years where I've watched tape and I go, yeah, that's a player. Um, Dylan Williams <laughs> is one. Um, Nathan Roy, the younger brother of Benjamin Roy, current backup center, well, backup guard, UCLA, watched his tape. He's a four-star guy. He's a player. Those two guys, absolute players. Um, so, yeah. Uh, they also have Christian Dunbar-Hawkins, their committed cornerback. When have we said this recently? Committed cornerback from uh, Santa Ana Modern Day High School. A four-star from that school. So, yeah, interesting. Uh, really kind of fun. There there are some four-star guys on the these visit lists for three weekends in a row. They're not all three-star guys. Pretty Which, crazy. Pretty crazy. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty actual amazing. Uh, of the guys who visited last week, uh, I'd say Isaiah Patterson, the linebacker from Yelm, Washington, might you still might have the best chance to get. To me, I watched tape on him. He's kind of a tweener. I mean, he's mostly plays outside linebacker, but he's a little smallish for that. Uh, he might have to move inside, and I, uh, we'll see. I like him as a player. I, I don't know how he translates, projects. Uh, but they had their two offensive uh, linemen who were committed who visited. I, th I think it's great that Mark Schroeder, son of a former UCLA player, gets offered. He commits. It's just good to hear. You know, I oh, I loved UCLA my whole life. I took, the, I took my official visit. It was amazing. I, it's, that's good to hear stuff like that, right? Yeah. That makes you feel good. Um, Marcellus Williams, St. John Bosco cornerback. He's also, <laughs> watch tape of him. You go, yeah, that's a guy. Just boom, please get him. So, yeah, there are some guys. It's, it's kind of encouraging and kind of fun. Kind of encouraging, kind of fun. Yeah, that's what recruiting used to be. We remember that. Yeah. Um, talking about recruiting, UCLA still, to my knowledge, you know what? This was a couple of days ago. I haven't talked or talked to anyone about it in a couple of days. But uh, Nico Reed, the cornerback transfer from Colorado, UCLA is still considering UCLA. And I, I was told, uh, feeling out there was it was UCLA or Oregon. Um, so, yeah, still potential getting a cornerback transfer and i do believe and this was as of a few days ago there's another transfer cornerback out there that ucla is recruiting uh i gotta i gotta check on my transfer recruiting information it's been a couple of days but that's what i'm hearing as of a couple of days ago okay 
Exciting. Yeah. Exciting. And I, I mean, overall, you know, you, you can't argue that much. I mean, you can because we, we experienced UCLA football recruiting the first three years under Chip Kelly. So there is that. It's still there in our memory. But, I mean, recently, Dave, like right now, if you take 2023 and we do the – I'm looking it up. I'm stalling as I'm looking it up. The overall rankings, UCLA is 25th. Yeah. So a top 25 class. Pretty, kind of pretty impressive. And recruiting-wise, uh, I'm sorry, transfer-wise, 7th. And if you saw that 24-7 re-ranking of the 2022 class, as uh, they had UCLA as number 3, uh, yeah. the transfer class. So, yeah. I mean, I think given the environment we're in right here, Chip Kelly's doing a pretty good job. Uh, of course, there can always be improvement, especially on the NIL uh, front. Um, uh, as I've said, there's three factors. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of UCLA donors that tend to support UCLA football NIL collective. Could be more involvement and engagement from um, the football program. And it would really help if UCLA did get that 11-win season. As always, next year in Jerusalem. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think that's about it for us, Tracy. That was just beautimous. It was jam-packed. As I'm sitting here with my Beats headphones on. Yep. Moving and grooving. Okay. All right. For Tracy. Love you, Dave. Yep, yep, yep. You can't say you love me back, can you? Love you, too. Okay, good. Uh, for Tracy Pearson, I'm David Woods. Brewing Report Online. We'll talk to you again next time. See y'all.